the financial dads are not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, tax or other advice in or by virtue of this podcast. Hello, welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Paul Becker. This podcast is for all the moms and dads out there who struggle with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. Now here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hello, everybody. For today's episode, Paul Fagan's unable to join us. Our special guest today is with Howard Zales. So we're going to discuss his journey. However, to our growing global audience, whether it be U.S., Germany, Denmark, or Spain, if you have any topic you want to cover, please email us. Let's get over here to Howard. Howard is the podcast host of the TV Crew Talk. He also runs a company that provides broadcast quality live streams and remote recording productions, live and virtual events. Uh, he's a mentor and a sponsor to aspiring sports professionals and freelancers. Well, you know what? Let's, let's just, just jump right in here and welcome Howard to the show. So, Howard, welcome. How are you doing? Grateful to be here. Ah, great. Thank you. Thanks for being here today. You want to give some listeners a little background about your journey? Yeah, sure. I um I, I started out my career uh, shooting uh, television news and made the jump to television sports, which was my goal as a kid. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to travel the world shooting all different types of sports from football, baseball, basketball, soccer, hockey, boxing, and, and uh, Olympics, Super Bowls, uh, you name it. I've, I, wow. I think I've shot it in the sport, in the sporting world. Um, and I spent 20 years working with NBC Sports and the World Wrestling Entertainment. Wow, that's, that's really neat. I never really thought of, you know, a cameraman just sports. I kind of figured you just kind of stayed in your own local area. I didn't realize... There, there's that much travel with that involved. Yeah, I mean, some people never have to get on a plane. That's just kind of the path I chose. I got in, I was fortunate enough to get in at the network level early. And I uh, was able to, you know, I was chosen to travel to a lot of events and work with uh, a lot of the people at NBC. And they kind of took me, John Gonzalez, director, and David Michaels took me from one event to the next. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so we would do the... I started out doing Notre Dame football, did the first XFL in 2000 that led to the triple crown horse races and, and it, then to Olympics. And it was just a cycle football, you know, horse racing and, and whatever other events they had bull riding. And then uh, while working at the XFL for NBC, I met the WWE, the world wrestling entertainment people, because it was a joint venture at the time in 2000. And, uh, I managed to get in with them when uh, someone lost their job there. So uh, I spent over 20 years shooting with the World Wrestling Entertainment. Wow. So you you said you got in with a network. What do you mean by that versus just other stuff? It sounded like there was something more to that. Yeah. So, you, you know, there's plenty of people that never travel for plenty of people in my business that don't travel. They do regional sports like uh, we're both in New York. So there's uh, freelancers that do Yankees, Mets, Devils, Islanders, Rangers, Knicks, Nets and, the you know, the Red Bulls and the, and the New York FC, NYFC soccer. And they are so busy all year round with all the different sports and all the different teams that they never have to get on a plane. 
I kind of mm-hmm. started my career in upstate New York where there's really no local sports. And I was fortunate enough to meet the right people and got in at the network level kind of early and uh, kind of chose a different path. Yeah, I never really thought about that. You know, this New York metro area has so many teams. There's always something yeah. happening. Interesting. Interesting. Now, with that travel and, and I, 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 I guess you like it, you've been doing it your whole career. And from a pay perspective, has it been okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, I literally just stopped uh, shooting uh, during COVID. You know, uh, when everything shut down, I, I've already had two back surgeries uh, from <laughs> holding a camera on my shoulder for, you know, over 20 years. So it was kind of time to stop traveling and, and kind of pivot and, and find something else. But, uh, yeah, I spent, you know, over 20 years traveling every single week. Oh, my goodness. That's, that, that's a lot. Now, interesting, you said, you know, when everything shut down with COVID, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't think about really the guy behind the camera much. So it probably hurt you a lot and a lot of folks, I guess, uh, financially. Do you have, like, yeah. did you have a, your own backup plan? Did you have that emergency fund established? So I, I, my backup plan was my first business, HJZ Productions, which I established in 2000. And that was always my backup plan. We would hire, the company would hire TV crews for sports and entertainment events. Um, we started out in the New York metro area. So clients would call and we'd put crews together for Yankees and Mets and Knicks and the other regional and local sports. And so that was my backup if I ever got hurt where I couldn't operate a camera. Right. So yeah, my backup plan also was not a good backup plan at the t- for COVID because not only did, did the whole industry, like so many others got shut down on March 11th, but the only saving grace is that part of our business model is, and we built up money over time that we would hire crews and pay them with uh, money that we already had. So when everything got shut down, we had no new work, but we were still owed a lot of money from that we already paid out to our employees. So we had money coming in, which was kind of like, you know, our, our pad at the time. Oh, wow. That, that's great. That's, uh, yeah. no, that's really neat. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for that insight there. So now, COVID happened, you have to completely shift gears then. No one's traveling anywhere. And really, quite frankly, only recently or is it picking up more and more again. I think I just heard Delta Airlines is finally profitable again after about two years. So, right. you know, how much, what other impact did that do to your model? It sounds like you, you had this other thing, this sort of other production company going at the same time then? Yeah, we we had opened up um, at the end of 2000, towards the end of 2019, we started uh, another production company to offer services to our clients that we were hiring local crews for. And uh, so it started off good. We were, you know, offering these services, these other services. Then the mm-hmm. pandemic happened and shut that down. And we we kind of pivoted and and changed the business plan for Veridity Entertainment or VES. Um Live streaming was in its infancy. It wasn't, it was used, but not really used for, uh, you know, 
shows and things like that. And the technology was five years down the road from really, really being used. But overnight, it was just like, <laughs> you, you know, it was Here born it overnight, more or less. So I did a ton of research. I talked to a lot of smart people and I happened to meet, you know, one really good guy smart guy, Jamie, who's a, you know, we, we do a lot of business together and I really took in everything I needed and learned everything I needed to learn about live streaming. And, um, I outfitted the temple where I belong with, uh, cameras and things like that. So the rabbi and canner could still do their services to reach the congregation. And I told them, this is what we need to buy. This is what we need to do based on everything I learned. And then I was like setting everything up in the temple. I'm like, there's gotta be a way to monetize this. Mm -hmm. And no sooner uh, did I get a call from a client that said he had a huge problem on his hand and he didn't know how to fix it. They had to interview nine major league baseball players in nine separate cities in nine weeks, but the interviewer could not leave her house. And I mm. said, we can totally do that. And I hung up the phone. I said to my wife, I have no idea how we're going to do that. <laughs> but uh, as you know, an entrepreneur comes up with solving, solving problems, right? So we came up with a, a solution and uh, we created these, these uh, contributor kits are called uh, high-end laptops with cameras, microphones, ring lights. And we send out these packages to contributors and through our s software system that we use, vMix, uh, we create, you know, we created tons and tons of virtual productions uh, at, during COVID when uh, everyone wanted to have content. Wow. Wow. That, that's a real pivot there, huh? From traveling to no to you don't have a business almost, right? So you, you it's sort of out of necessity. Wow, that, yeah. that's pretty amazing. So... I sounds like the temple might have been a little bit of a test bed too to really get going on some of this. Okay, well, how am I going to yeah. do this, right? Yeah, right. absolutely. Very neat. Now, I know you also said you like to mentor uh, yeah. and help new people getting in. You want you want to share a little bit about that? How could somebody, you know, who's interested in this field, you know, maybe start to think about it more holistically? So the, the problem with our business is there's no training ground. Um, there's no, like I went to college for uh, mass communication, for television production, but there's no training ground in the professional sense, right? Um, everything you learn in college is great, but it, it, there's no apprenticeships. Um, uh, the training ground years and years and years ago used to be the networks, uh, used, they used to teach people how to, they take in kids and teach them how to operate in the business. So the age of freelancers around the country is really starting to get up, up there. People are retiring. They're working well past the age that they should be. And there's no younger generation of kids coming in. So I had the idea to create a course and wrote a book on how to get into the television sports business. And in, we created this two-day boot camp the first day we went over, we go over, you know, how to talk to clients, who the clients are, how to contact them, how to follow up with them. And the next day we bring in all this equipment, teach, teach them, the students, how to use the equipment. So the first time they're seeing it, it it's not on the job site. And mm -hmm. then we were going to offer a six month apprenticeship with current freelancers, but because of COVID that kind of got shut down that, that part of it. But uh, we're ramping back up to do the course again, and and hopefully going to do it uh, sometime over the summer. Um, and uh, 
you know, just train a, a new group of uh, freelancers. Wow, really neat. So I, I have maybe I'm getting off the path here a little bit. And I, sure. I admit that to you and my listeners. Uh, but, you know, I, I look at the technology that you can hold in your hand today with today's phones. And what kind of impact do you think that's having on your business? And because they, they seem really pretty good to the average person, right? So well, what's your take on that? Yeah, the phones, in terms of the sport, television sports business, really don't have much effect on on that business because they can't really zoom, right? Um, mm -hmm. And they can't really, um, they're not true high def uh, cameras with lenses that you can be several hundred feet away and zoom in and get a head to toe uh, a headshot of a batter or a football player on the field. So phones will never replace uh, cameras and lenses. Maybe certain types of cameras enhance production, but they'll never replace. Oh, neat. The, uh, where phones will come into play is in the live stream world, um, like live shopping, things like that. Hmm. Live shopping, never thought of that. Um, but but it's interesting. You, you, I know your specialty is sports. Is the sports environment that different than a sitcom or something like that? Then, yeah, um, some of the cameras and lenses are the same, but yeah, it's completely different because sitcoms are shot in a studio, controlled environment. The lighting really doesn't change. Um, the cameras, you know, truck left and right and in and out. Uh, but the, the sports world, um, everything shows up on a tractor trailer truck, all the equipment that you need to produce the event. Um, and some trucks come in a set of three, an A, B, and C unit where the C unit carries all of the equipment. The B unit might be audio and replay. The A unit might be production and engineering. So three trucks kind of make up one set of, one set of trucks. And uh, each of these trucks are $20 million trucks. Oh, my. Uh, yeah. So that's the major difference between, we call it like remote production and studio production. Oh, okay. So with the, it sounds like the population that's been doing it is aging. Uh, you said they're working much longer and there aren't as many coming in. Is that, are you seeing that providing a financial opportunity for those new people to come in because supply and demand, well, there's more demand for people and there's not enough supply. Yeah. For yeah. the people that are just retiring or starting to think about retiring when they first started, freelancers were paid uh, as a 10 on a 1099. They were only paid, uh, you know, their, their rate for the day. And then you were responsible for your own taxes. There was no health and no health plan. There was no retirement plan. Now, um, kind of like from 2008, 9, 10 and on there, there's unions across the country in the television especially in the television sports business. So now, now young kids that are getting in right from the start have a health and welfare, have a pension and annuity plans. So by, by the time they were retired, they, they will have a retirement that they don't have to worry about. Did they contribute on their own? Cause it's taken care of for them as like they're an employee of a regular business. Well, so as a retirement plan, I mean, cause so many industries have scrapped that, right? So it's interesting to know that. You still have that. I, I didn't really think mm -hmm. that was still going on, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, 
I'm just going through my notes here quickly. I, yeah, I know yeah. we, I, we went way off topic a little bit, but it's been really kind of neat. So um, when you look at other events, so a lot of people think of live streaming today, at least, you know, well, it's a YouTube live stream or maybe an Instagram thing or, or something like that. And are you able to take your business and, and help monetize it and bring it towards that platform? Or do you have them come into your own environment? Is it pass through? How, how does that sort of stuff work? Yeah, no, that's an, that's an excellent question. We, we try to steer clients away from Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And what we tell them is advertise or, or promote your event on those platforms because if your event is on those platforms you don't own the followers right the platforms own the followers drive the followers to your website so you own the followers right make them sign up on your website with your you know with an email address and or phone number so you have their contact information you can grow your email list part of uh what makes our company special is we have a content delivery network so if we create a production for for you or a live stream or corporate meeting or event we can stream it to our content delivery network put that embed code in your website and we can create a private labeled player within your website through our content delivery network which has your logo or colors and uh it does it's not youtube and it's not vimeo and it will only play the video that we're live streaming and we can populate your website with videos on demand the live feed of whatever production we're doing but it's private labeled it's yours it's not youtube's platform and you control the advertising if you want to put advertising on your website you control it, not YouTube. You, you're you not associated with an ad that maybe you don't want to be associated with. Yeah, which is quite interesting because a lot of times you see some of those jokes where, you know, an ad really is almost the exact opposite of what's being shown, right? So right. That, that, that's a real sort of fear as a content provider that uh, I think a lot of people have. So with, with that, um, I'm probably getting a little too technical here again. And when you're streaming that site, do I need, uh, as a business owner, do I need to beef up my website or is it just pass through my site somehow? And uh, how does that kind of work? Do I need yeah, to do anything? You really wouldn't need to do anything. Our team could handle it. Uh, we could take a look at your website and see to make sure it could handle the, the traffic that it might get from some sort of production we can custom design a microsite just for a production where mm. we can send people from your website to this microsite um which we do a lot uh it, it all depends on the size and scale of the production now so you know someone's small business starting out you know is that even feasible from an economic point of view for them or you kind of wait till you have a little bit of scale to to do something it depends on what the business is. Yeah, it's completely feasible, and it depends what the, what they're trying to gain out of the production. But the 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 more professional and the and more broadcast quality it looks like, the better you come off as. So the investment in the product definitely pays off. And I, I have so many thoughts going through my head from uh, you know. Because you're you're almost kind of going against some of the big boys of the streaming world or what everyone, you know, 
goes to the web browser on it and does something right there. Oh, let me go to YouTube or some other platform and look at something. So how do you help your clients drive traffic into that, to that, to your stream that you're hosting for them? Do, do you have a process for that as well? Yeah, we, we tell them to, to um, post like video clips or promote it on the social platforms, whether it's YouTube or Facebook, Instagram, but the link to the uh, program or production should be to the website. Um, and then we could offer the same analytics that, you know, YouTube offers, uh, who watched, where they watched, what device they watched on, how long they watched for, things like that. Very neat, very neat. So I want to go back to that apprenticeship program. Okay. Sure. So what's the, um, what's sort of the makeup of the people who are joining that now? Uh, younger generation kids either out of college or don't want to go to college. You don't need to go to college to work in this industry. Uh, it's always a good idea to have business courses and cause you are running a business, what, it, mm. even though it's just yourself, um, you know, it's always good to have some sort of knowledge of how should I invest my money? Should I invest my money? You know, things like that. It's always good to have those sorts of skills, but college, it's not a business that you necessarily have to go to college for. Oh, neat. So I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears again, you know, um, sort of what, what would you say is the biggest financial mistake you've made? Uh, it's per probably personally, the biggest financial mistake I made was I, I invested in a condo in Florida and then, um, quickly invested in another one. And it mm -hmm. caused a lot of stress because, uh, I always wanted to make sure that if I didn't have a renter, that I had enough money to support the the cost of it. So that was like the biggest financial mistake I made was biting off more than my brain can handle uh, to deal with at night. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I totally understand that. Did, did you have a property manager helping you or were you kind of doing that I, yourself? I did. I did have someone helping me rent it out. And a lot of times it was rented, but I always wanted to have enough money. God forbid it wasn't, or we went on a dry spell, or we did have a situation one time where um, I had to evict somebody because they weren't paying. And it, it is so difficult to get someone evicted. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, you know, uh, I, buy, I bought off more than my brain could handle going to sleep with that night. <laughs> so, um, I, I want to go back here again. You, you said something that made me think of another question here. And, you know, sure. so the condo kept you awake at night, the two of them, I, I guess, right? But as a business owner, you know, and then COVID hits and you had the money still coming in that was owed, but you kind of also know that that's going to end. You know, how did you plan for your crew, your team, and in just trying to keep the lights on and, and food on the table, quite frankly, for yourself and everybody. Well, that's what drove me to, for the business, for the, the live stream business is uh, I need to make money. How am I going to make money? So that was like, I put my head down. I started, uh, you know, everything I could possibly do to figure out how to make money. And as soon as we had one little success, with the, those interviews I spoke about, okay, it's like, how can we compound this? How can we take this to the next step? And so that's what we kept doing. And um, 
eventually, you know, the, the TV crew business was very, uh, was kind of shut down for a long period of time and is slowly just making its way back. Wow. So making that shift, was it, um, was it expensive to make that shift? It sounds like you're sending kits to people with the lighting, the microphones and everything. And it sounds like a little bit of a gamble. It worked. It sounds like it worked, but yeah, we took a chance. We, we, you know, we definitely spent some money. We didn't have it for, or didn't, we weren't sure if we were going to have it first. Um, and then these jobs yeah. started coming through. We were smart in how we purchased though. Uh, we only bought what we thought we would need. And then when the requirements kind of got, uh, ramped up, we bought some more. And so we, we, we did it smartly. Okay, great. So I want to, Again, jump around here again, because sometimes what I do here, what would you say is the single best piece of advice uh, you've received financially? Uh, speaking, I, maybe? I, have, I have two. two oh, two wonderful. Great. The first one was because I've traveled so much for a living, I've missed so many events, uh, so many like life events, right? Because of my job. I always, best piece of advice I got for that was family always comes first. Doesn't matter what job or what the situation or what the scenario is, family always comes first. And so whenever a job would, after after that, he, and I got offered to work, whatever it was, I'd always weigh the options and, and know that I need to put my family first. Do I need to be away and take this job? And second is I always go with trusting my gut, my gut instinct. What is my gut telling me? Gun to my head. What is my gut saying? And I'm going to go with it. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So I have to ask, what, what's the craziest uh, the thing you've recorded? Uh, the craziest thing I've recorded? Probably. Anything. Yeah, probably like uh, one, one of the WWE events. Uh, crazy fight scenes backstage. Oh, backstage even. Not even. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I, I feel like, you know, as a consumer of, of TV, right, or media, we don't understand and under what happens backstage or, or see anything. So that's why I thought I'd throw it out there and ask you again off script. Sorry, but uh, oh no, you know, no, no, no. I mean, most of this has been off script. There really hasn't been much on script tonight, so that's pretty cool. So let's see here. I, I think I got anything. What else do you want to share? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, we definitely, you know, our live stream business is. Uh, something we're really proud of and, and what we've gotten into now are a lot of corporate meetings, hybrid events where people are, some people are there in person, but we're streaming a big meeting to, you know, to the employees globally. So that's like the next step. And uh, 2022 and 23 are going to be big years for live stream shopping. So we're hoping to, you know, scale up to that. Yeah, that's interesting. What, what do you mean? How does that work? What is that? So you'd be able to be, you know, someone selling a product, right? We'll, we'll, we'll do a whole production around it and we'll stream to our content delivery network, which will be, you'll be able to be on your phone watching the production and you'll be able to say, okay, I want to buy that. Press the button, buy it right from, right from the live stream. Oh, that's pretty cool. Very yeah. neat. Very neat. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more or maybe in the, the apprentice program or yeah. the, the off courses? Absolutely. Our website is howiesales.com. Um, 
and all of our businesses websites are uh in company uh, under one umbrella howiesales.com um the tv the broadcast sports course viridian entertainment which is the live stream business and hjz productions which is our um television staffing business and then howiesales.com is where you can also find our podcast uh formerly the unexpected entrepreneur and the tv crew talk Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So, Howard, thank, thanks for the, being on the show today. I, I I love these podcasts because I learn something new every single time, which is part of my driving force to do this, as well as helping promote, you know, unique experiences, understanding, and, you know, things people haven't thought about from a financial perspective. So with that said, I want to thank everyone for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out at financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul Becker reminding you that managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the financial dads are here to help. Have a good one, everybody. Be kind, be well, and pay it forward. Thank you.